Christmas I don't want to fight tonight with so excited to talk about this wonderful Christmas movie. I feel this is a perfect film to discuss for the Christmas season. Well, I mean, it's about feast and getting together with your family, right? Uh, roasting nuts over an open fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just stop beating around the bush about this. Let's just fucking get it over with. Everybody okay. just wants to hear us talk about the actual movie. Yes, yes. Here we go. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperate for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that a cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Welcome to a very ho ho horrific episode of Cinema Psyops. For our Christmas episode this year, we are doing Cannibal Holocaust. We've gone more weeks straight than any of us would have ever suspected. Either myself, that is Court, or my co-host Matt. Yo, well, we finally doing it. We're finally doing Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, I figured after all of these years, I mean, we're in the middle of what, our fifth-ish year here. We have put out 226, so this is 227 episodes. I mean, we should have probably done something 227 related, like a Jack K special or something <laughs> for Christmas. But, hey. but considering that that's more of a thing for our buds at the Deuce, then we're not we're not doing that. They're they're all yeah. about the Jack K. Yeah, yeah. And the 227 specials, so we're we're not doing that. <laughs> no, no, that's we're, not for us. No, what's for me is to subvert everything that people want to feel during the Christmas holiday and say fuck you. We're talking Cannibal Holocaust. Well, I mean, it's it's one of the big ones, you know, uh, that everyone talks about for shock 
American horror. It's it's one of the big ones. It, and is, I, it is the big one. It is the biggest of the big. Yeah. And and really, I feel like you, I got eased into it all these years. I it legit, there are a few shocking moments for me, but it had nothing to do with the actors and more about the horrific animal abuse. Well, I was a gentleman, Matt, and I lubed you up and eased this film into you inch by inch. It's true. Well, and then, you know, I really wish we hadn't done the whole Bruno Mattei, May Mattei. That, uh, May Mattei will forever ruin me in so many ways, and I really think it kind of ruined the shockiness and everything of Cannibal Holocaust, because well, all I could keep thinking was, holy fuck, he really did it. He stole this entire movie. Yeah, no, he did. You are absolutely correct. And I told you that I was a little pissed that we watched that one before Cannibal Holocaust because it would take away the effect and ruin it for you. And I was absolutely it, right. It did. You were absolutely right. Now, yeah. the animal abuse still was shockingly horrific. Yeah. And anytime that you and I are going to watch it ever again in the future, just out of kindness for you, because I don't do this, but they do have an animal cruelty free version. Oh, wow. And I actually have watched it twice um, today. I, that's why it took me so fucking long. So we're recording this on Sunday, the the Lord's holy day, because shit's going on in Matt's life and we just needed to do this. I haven't even finished editing the 226 episode yet. That's how far ahead of time we are on recording this. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Because we're doing this kind of out of sorts and out of order, I basically wanted to watch both versions of it today just to kind of compare and contrast and see. I watched the actual animal cruelty version first, and then obviously I just scanned through the animal cruelty free version, and it's, it's a much trimmer film. They, they cut a lot of that stuff out. So I think it's like five minutes of difference. Like it's like five minutes shorter. And oh, so it's like an hour 25. <laughs> no, it's still an hour and a half. It's just, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's still a little, yeah. bit, a little bit of an hour and a half or so. But uh, I gotcha. Um, the animal cruelty stuff. I mean, it cuts it down quite a bit, but there's still a sequence like the, like the gutted muskrat and stuff. You still see the guts being pulled out and thrown and there's some things like that. But the actual murder of the animals on screen, the cruelty aspect of it is gone. But there's still something. So it's like if you're like 100% don't want any animal cruelty at all, even that sequence, I think, would probably still bug you. But I think you personally, if you and I ever watch this again, just on the offset chance that for shits and giggles decide you want to see Cannibal Holocaust, I would very politely offer to watch the animal cruelty free version. Other folks, I don't know if I would really offer that. It depends if there's like if there's one person in the room that hasn't seen it, then we got to watch it with the full. Yeah, you got to watch. I I agree. You got to watch it with the full uh, fuck your feelings and we're. We're going to we're going to watch some horrific shit version yeah. for someone who hasn't seen it before. Yeah, Everyone, you, that's a rite of passage. You got to go through it. Well, it's not it's not necessarily just that for me, but it's the original bad decisions the filmmakers intended. And you need to see every stupid choice that they made. You need to suffer through every bad thing that they did in the film. And then, you know, the regrets that Deodato had later on in his career where he made the animal cruelty version and cut all that stuff down. That's all well and good. But, you know, it's kind of a too little too late you already made your transgressions you already did the horrible shit that you did and this film needs to be preserved for that alone i think yeah i think so and i think it it sounds so weird to say because it's an exploitation film pretty much but it's it's i think it's rather important in showing people what not to do in making a film don't fucking kill animals for your own little you know fucking 
goose movie shit, you know, yeah. that's, that's horse shit. And, uh, and this, this is not necessarily the first cannibal film, but this is the one that basically started the craze that really went overboard. And it was started it all. Yeah. Well, not really started it all. Like I said, there were other cannibal films before this one. I think there was a couple that Sergio Martino did or something like that. And I think even Deodato did one just before this. But this was the one where they like really threw some money at it and took some time. And actually, I mean, overall, the film is very effective. It's well shot. It's well cut together and actually quite well made. It's just that it's subject matter that's so horrific and offensive. Your brain just wants to deny all of that. Yeah, it, it, it really does. You want to watching it. It was I watched it. I want to say I watched it about three times and it is really hard to get through the uh, I, I thought the hardest scene I was going to have trouble with. Um, not that I knew it was coming. I didn't. Uh, but when it happened, it, it I was kind of dead into it was uh, when homie got his, you know, dick chopped off. Um, but, I, you know, going through all the animal abuse, the animal killings that I knew were real. And I'm like, fuck, no, you know, that did nothing for it. I was like, I was almost unshocked by that because of what had already happened. Yeah. And I think we should probably go into it when we actually get into the pieces of the film itself. I just feel like this is not going to necessarily be a fun episode for us. Hopefully the folks that listen to it will have a little bit more fun with it. I think it's going to be an interesting episode for us, though, at yeah. least. Well, I mean, Kill the <laughs> Cast covered this like about a month or so ago at most, yeah. and they really went into it and dug in and did a whole bunch of detailed talk and all that. And it's just basically going to be you and me like fuck off movie about everything. So I, don't yeah. know. I guess go listen to that one and then just, you know, download this one and then stop here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You come back. Yeah. Listen to them for the in-depth stuff and come here for the yuckles. Um <laughs> Yeah, and we'll probably do news afterwards because I think we're both going to need that. So let's just let's just stop fucking yeah. around and we'll just get into it, okay? Let's get into this. All right. Despite our lack of uh, empathy and our hatred of the holiday season that is upon us, I say Christmas episode because that's the the holiday that Matt and I were taught to celebrate. But this is an all encompassing Happy Holidays episode because we're releasing it before Hanukkah, so it's like there for the week of Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, all the other different holidays that match around here winter solstice whatever you want to call it folks this is our celebration of your good cheer being subverted yeah <laughs> and while we talk more about that later here's the legion patreon ad this will keep you quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show i'm bo ransdell and i'm one of the many creators you can find on legion podcasts i said quiet my fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room...
tell the truth and shame the devil here. Yeah. The soundtrack, if I were to play it ahead of time and you weren't to know what was going on in the film whenever the soundtrack is playing, you would have thought this was very beautiful and moving and quite well done music, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, yeah. It was the weirdest fucking thing in the world. But what really is horrific about it is now it's forever wrapped in the scenes that you hear the music from so you relive that trauma over and over again when the soundtrack plays it subverts everything <laughs> i love the music it's so fucking good but i can't separate it from the shit that's happening in the movie and it just wrecks me to listen to it uh, yeah it's horrendous especially because i believe they played this that certain piece during uh, like th at the very end when something really bad's happening to one of the characters well that and they're playing that music that particular score is like the main theme that goes throughout the version that i was playing was while they're flying over the jungle and they're like you know still happy and in a good mood because right now we're just starting so uh okay well i'm still saying though a lot of the music a lot of the main theme is so supposed to be sounds so happy and not peppy but happy and smooth and when you play that with some of the horrendous shit that was going on it it gets weird <laughs> you know what else gets really weird matt what's that this weird tv spot i found huh savagery of the Amazon jungle to film a documentary. They never come back. Are they still alive? If so, where are they? Shock actually filmed in the Amazon jungle. Starts this coming Friday at the town theater. Due to shocking scenes of violence, no one under 17 will be admitted. Okay, so I don't know if that is real or not, because I found it on the YouTubes. And sometimes people like to fake shit and pretend like, you know, it was a real thing that they made to see if people will praise it, even though they're the ones that made it, that kind of thing. Hold um, on, wait a second. Are you telling me people fake stuff on the internet? Yeah, but I thought it was fitting because Cannibal Holocaust is about a documentary crew that fakes stuff and, yes. and it bites them in the ass. So if that trailer is not real and someone threw it together they faked it so well it works perfectly if it is real if there really was a theater that played this and then advertised it for a tv spot like that awesome more power to them because they included some stuff that probably shouldn't have been broadcast on tv All oh really yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to look that up on youtube to see if i can find it yeah it's like it's labeled as rare tv spot or some shit like that it's like 30 some odd seconds and it was perfect for our purposes here because even though they don't say the title cannibal holocaust it just pops up on screen we still got a sort of trailer guy voice so yeah um all right well let's start it out cannibal holocaust um well then you know as is with most movies uh we start out with a news report and it's our first clip man is omnipotent nothing is impossible for him what seemed to be unthinkable undertakings yesterday are history today the conquest of the moon for example who talks about it anymore today we are already on the threshold of conquering our galaxy and in a not-too-distant tomorrow, we'll be considering the conquest of the universe. And yet man seems to ignore the fact that on this very planet, there are still people living in the Stone Age and practicing cannibalism. Primitive tribes isolated in a ruthless and hostile environment where the prevailing law is the survival of the fittest. And this jungle, which its inhabitants refer to as the Green Inferno, is only a few hours flying time from New York City. Was it to remind us of this that four brave young Americans went there to make a documentary on life in the jungle? Was it also to remind us, for instance, that before venturing into space, we should become more acquainted with the planet we live on? Four young and fearless Americans, children of the space age, armed with cameras, microphones, and curiosity. Alan Yates, the director famous for his documentaries on Vietnam and Africa. Faye Daniels, 
his girlfriend and strip girl, and their two cameramen and inseparable friends, Jack Anders and Mark Tommaso. Four youngsters who never came back. But let's have a look at them at the beginning of their incredible adventure. Here at the border between Brazil and Peru, they are about to board a plane that will take them to the Rio Ocoro, a last outpost from which they will continue on foot deep into the Amazon jungle, into the area known as the Green Inferno. Faye, are you really not scared? Not at all. I've been in plenty other dangerous places with them. And what about you, Alan? Well, there's only one thing that scares me. And that's marriage. <laughs> <laughs> He'd take me to the North Pole to put it off. Oh, I'd say he succeeded this time, too. And this is the last time. Yeah, provided we come back in one piece. All right, all right. Let's go. Well, you four certainly aren't the first to embark on such an adventure. There was an expedition in, uh, in 59 and another in 67. And neither of them came back. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Smith and that bunch of Frenchmen. Yes. Yeah, Frenchmen. They were amateurs, a bunch of jerks. They never succeeded in doing anything. For us, the difficult doesn't exist, and the impossible takes just a little more time. We'll be back. We'll be back. We have We're... Felipe, our guide. Oh. Oh. Say hi to are the last pictures we have of them. Two months have passed since they were last heard from. Are they still alive? And if so, where are they? These are the questions that the rescue team sponsored by New York University and the Pan American Broadcasting System hope to be able to answer. Thank you for accepting, Professor Monroe. Good luck. Professor Harold Monroe, NYU's noted anthropologist, has taken part in various expeditions exploring primitive cultures, but this will be his first journey into Amazonia. We cut into the jungle where we see some young natives eating what looks to be cooked meat. Is it human? Is it animal? We don't know. Uh, I, I, but I think it's human. Uh, anyway, we see some army guys are starting to surround them. The army dudes open up fire, killing a few of the cannibals. We see one army guy gets a dart right in his shoulder um, or upper arm, I guess. Holy shit, and, you pronounced it right. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, they are able to capture one of the uh, young natives and uh, the leader of the the army guy and another guy, they have a conversation. I, I, I'm assuming it was in Portuguese, but there was no subtitles to tell me what they were saying. So, Oh, that would probably be because I ripped it badly. Um, yeah, so they're trying to capture just one of them without actually injuring him, and yeah. it's going to be really hard for them not to let the one that they captured get killed because um, everybody else is mad about the stuff that happened to well, the one the guy other... that got shot with a dart in the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, he's dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Right. He died of the poison. He looked pretty dead when they carried him away. Right. But he was starting to die. And then they were like, well, we have to try and protect this particular native that they captured because the guys are going to be out for blood because one of their own got killed by the dart. And so they go through this whole rigmarole about how the dart is, you know, like they have a serum that could protect them, but the serum itself only works 50% of the time. And that's when it's fresh. Usually by the time it gets to them, it's wasted and it's not going to work. And then the guy dies. And then they talk about how they have to protect him. Oh, there you go. 
right, yeah. Or, or okay. they have to protect the native guy. So that that whole that whole thing is what was happening. I don't know why your rip didn't get those subtitles. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't get any subtitles. So I was just like, oh, maybe it's just something we're supposed to see, make it feel more authentic. Well, but, yeah, you I, know. I could see where that would totally make it feel more authentic for you. Yeah. Monroe, the professor leading the, the expedition to find him, he lands and he speaks with Lieutenant Ocha, who is the leader of the army guys. He shows him uh, one of the natives' necklaces, and uh, tied to the necklace was Faye's lighter. So he introduces him to Chaco, who will be his guide in this mission. They interrogate the uh, Yakumo, uh, that's the tribe this kid's from, uh, who they caught. Uh, he was, uh, apparently he's not really a cannibal. Uh, what they probably saw them doing when they got to him was a religious ceremony uh, to chase out the white man's spirits. Yeah, they feel like something horrendous has happened in their jungle and they're trying to cleanse their jungle and one of those rites happens to be possibly consuming the flesh of said white man that may have brought said spirits to jungle, I think is what they're getting at. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, they don't really go too far into it because uh, this whole diatribe is racist anyway, and I feel uncomfortable trying to explain what's happening on film. Yeah, I'm not Yeah, I'm not all that comfortable either about it. I'm just, uh, I'm just telling you what the movie told us. So as they're walking through the jungle, they find uh, his um, tribe. Um, then Chaco falls down and he sees the skull on the ground and that's a, it was a skull he goes, he recognized the teeth that it's a guy that Chaco knew. He said he knew the jungle just as well as him, and he wondered what mistakes he made to end up there. Okay, quick question for you here. Yeah. How close do you pay attention to the look of your friend's teeth? That where you can identify them from their teeth? I would tell you right now, if I found your skeletal head, I wouldn't know it was you by your teeth. I wouldn't know. I would think of anybody's head. Right. I don't know anybody that pays that close attention to anyone else's teeth. I don't know if this is a tracker thing that they're like, in case you find my skull in the jungle, this is what my teeth look like? Yeah, maybe. I, maybe he had some a lot of like gold teeth or something. I, I didn't see it really they, all that well. They so. do not show anything other than just normal teeth. No special fillings, okay. no crown, no diamond-encrusted thing that would specifically say that this is this gentleman who was left behind. Yeah. I'm gonna call shenanigans on this. <laughs> Big time shenanigans in court. This also brings something up I wanted to talk. We need to get matching grills with our names on them so in case you find each other's skeletons, well, no. Well, yes, but we're not going to go adventuring in any green infernos anytime soon. It's way too hot and there's way too many bugs. Yeah, yeah, we can't handle that. Yeah. Um, so I, if we die somewhere else, I think the only thing we'd have to worry about cannibalism-wise would be me on a mountain. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't even go to a mountain. Listen, I'm not going to a jungle uh, for one phrase and one phrase only. I like air conditioning. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not handling the heat that well. Um, we get our first animal murder with a muskrat uh, for dinner. They like stab it through its head and through its throat. Okay. Um, this is definitely animal murder because yeah, what this is an animal murder. What he's doing there and how he is actually like stabbing at it. He's doing it wrong. He's not even hitting the right thoroughfare for blood to drain the blood out. He's not getting into the brain to alleviate the animal's pain. This is clearly someone who doesn't know what he's doing and that animal is suffering and he is spoiling the taste of that meat pure and simple 
animal. Okay, besides yeah. the fact that that poor animal is needlessly suffering and they're doing this on film, one even wonders yeah. if the person knows what they're doing just to make the animal struggle and suffer more because there is no reason to do that. You can destroy an animal's life very quickly and not have to make it suffer while you're doing that. And if you don't know how to do that, then maybe you shouldn't eat that animal. Exactly. Let alone is... film it for my quote-unquote entertainment fuck-off yeah, movie. Yeah, I was not fucking entertained. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with the fact that some of these animals get slaughtered for food. But when you slaughter an animal for food, you make sure that it doesn't suffer, mainly out of your own yeah. selfish desire to not have the meat taste awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Jesus al- also, be a little respectful of the fucking animal that's giving its life so that you can continue to live and try to make uh-huh. it try to make it to where it does not suffer for fuck's sakes. Show a little fucking respect for nature, you ass fuck. Well, just show a little fucking respect for another living creature that is feeling yeah. pain. I mean, Jesus exactly. Christ. Yeah. Holy shit. Anyway, uh, and then the first thing where I went, whoa, there was where Matei did his first blatant ripoff. They get the Yakumu kid high on some coke on a on a blade and then gives him the muskrat to eat. And he shoves it in his face. I'm like, oh, I've seen that somewhere before. Yeah. So the getting him high thing and then the muskrat guts being tossed at him. I mean, those are actual muskrat guts. The guy's pulling out of the muskrat. So yeah. by seeing that, I think people who would consider anything animal cruelty would say that that's not animal cruelty free because those were actual guts being pulled out of the animal. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that was animal cruelty to its finest. Yeah, but it's the least animal cruelty because you don't have the actual animals being murdered on screen. So the the whole stab wound thing is removed from the animal cruelty version, but the guts being ripped out and tossed at the guy to eat still in there. Yeah. Uh, So then they come upon a ritual punishment of a woman for adultery. Uh, the man, of course, uh, or the the native uh, rapes her uh, with a stone, and uh, it's a phallically shaped stone. He's yes, he's shoving a stone cock into her to damage her vagina as punishment for quote unquote adultery. Yes, yes, and then with a mud ball with nails or some pointy objects sticking out of it, he bashes her over the head, killing her, then sends her body off in a canoe. Wait, wait, wait! You can't. You know, no. You said a pile of mud and a bunch of pointy sticks, but you didn't say what the fuck he just did with it before he bashes her head in. Come on. What did I miss? He takes that pile of mud that was this big, sh- like, the whole yeah. bunch of mud, shoves it into her crotch after he stone rapes the oh, shit out of her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He packs yeah, yeah, that yeah. in there like crazy. She screams even more than when he was raping the hell out of her with the stone cock thing. Yep. And then she basically passes out from the pain almost, and then he takes the same stone cock that's covered in her blood that he raped her with, and then bashes her in the head until she's fucking dead, then drags her back off to the ship. Yes. So everything's horrific and everything's bad. Yeah, um, yeah but we can't not talk about the stuff right. that's happening. I mean... I miss that part. Yeah. Um, I kind of prefer our ritual for dealing with infidelity in that you don't get to take half of what the other person owns whenever you're busted. Yes. Well, anymore, though, that's not even true. Uh, <laughs> now that there are no fault states, you know, they don't care unless you have a prenup. Right. Which you should always get one for such yes. cases. Yes. Everyone. Like, you know, everyone should have a prenup. Yeah, but if your prenup basically states if you cheat, you don't get half, um, yeah. then the person who's not willing to sign that, you should probably not marry anyway. Exactly. Just saying. Exactamundo. Just saying. Just saying. Um, so anyway, and then that whole ceremony thing, uh, Mate also ripped off. What? 
What? Yeah. In like four different movies that we've watched. Yes. Yes. Uh, they fire. They fire their gun in the air, and he runs away, and they follow him, and they catch up to him, and then they're kind of hiding out. And Chaco has Miguel take the Yakumu out. Miguel has to some reason strip down as well. They sit there, and then the rest of the tribe see him, and they blow the dart shots at their feet, kind of like in the other one. And and I it it, it got to be the, this isn't the ripoff one. We did the ripoff one first. So yeah, no, no, he's straight up. Yeah. Mate- yeah. We we don't even really need to call attention to. It. We we already did on the actual review. All right, all right, all right. I'll all stop bringing it up so much, but yeah. I just I just get so flabbergasted. Yeah. Um. um anyway, the reason after- that he had to get naked is because he had to show them that he's kind of like on their level, I suppose. And then I would think. And then also for enthusiasts of folks that really enjoy watching cock flapping around as a person, you know, jumps through mud. This scene is definitely for you as the guy's like, you know, bouncing around and his dick is doing 360 swivels. <laughs> Seriously, that's what was happening. I mean, you're not wrong. It just it sounded fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened and I'm going to call yeah. attention to it. I mean, the guy's dick was doing 360 swivels. I mean, if just, he was doing it intentionally, I feel like anybody who's into cock would be very entertained by that. <laughs> like the guy, has, the, guy, the guy has a floor show is what I'm saying. Ready yeah, to go. Yeah. <laughs> the guy could be making money in Vegas. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they After they do the blow Dario, uh, now they uh, you know kind of get their, I don't know, not, maybe not trust, but they're allowed to follow them back to the village. So they get to the village and there's some initial apprehension. Um, we see one girl is wearing a necklace with one of the canisters of film attached to it. Um, one of the villagers starts freaking out and they bring um, back and the they show that one was shot kind of in the hip. Uh, Miguel brings out a knife and he gives it to the freaking out dude and now everything's all okay and you know they can all hang out. Was that the switchblade sequence or did he just give him a regular blade? I can't remember. That was uh, I thought, I thought it was the switchblade. Yeah, it's the switchblade. So he does a little performance that, like we were talking about earlier was ripped off much later but the performance little thing that he does where he shows the switchblade open close, open, close and he's just doing a little dance as he's doing it like just to kind of show that this is a very special knife and so it's not just a knife that hands to the chief it's like a piece of magic to these folks is what it's supposed to represent because the knife disappears and then comes back and they're really excited about that yeah so that gift of goodwill you know of this magical weapon is what wins them over there you go the next day they are led to a different part of the jungle uh, across the river uh monroe makes a log and that is our next clip the group we are looking for was probably headed toward the center of the jungle or the center of the matter, which no white man has ever seen before. This area is uh, under the domination of two cannibal tribes. They are so fierce, they're feared by all of the tribes in the area, including the tough, courageous warriors of the Akumo tribe. These two superpowers of the Green Inferno are perpetually at war with each other. The Yamamomo, the tree people, and the, the Shamatari, the swamp people. Each considers the other fair game. Miguel hears something and they decide it's time to move on. And Miguel states that it there's a hunt going on, so they better be on the move. Um, they find some shamatari trying to burn 
some Yanamanu uh, that are hiding up in the trees. A woman falls out and they begin to beat her. The Senatari's take the woman to a clearing. There's one uh, one woman already being gutted and another one is uh, being raped. And then they throw that woman in to also be raped. Just at that moment, uh, some Yanamanu warriors uh, come in and they battle. And the group actually uh, with uh, Monroe helps the Yanamanu. Well, yeah, so the, they, the good doctor played by Robert Kerwin, who, uh, by the way, is a porn star. Um, oh. He tried to venture into a few Italian films to make a career for himself outside of pornography, but it didn't work out. And one of them was the Emanuel films that we watched earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the Emanuel films, which I believe was also a Bruno Mattei flick. So, yes, he hired him specifically for that. It might have been Last Cannibals. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been so many bad Mattei movies ago. But um, yeah. So he's been wanting to intervene and stop these rapes or these various rituals that he's already seen because he just doesn't have the stomach for this kind of like violence and uh, well degradation of women in some cases. Um, yeah, right. So he was more than happy to step up and help whenever everybody else did it. And um, I'm guessing that the tree people are somehow the less evil of the the two clans, even though they've been at war. The tree people only seem to be fighting to defend themselves, and they don't seem to be going after the other tribe as much for food. But that's well, the thing is they're killing each other's tribes for food, right? That's what they're doing yeah. is hunting each other. And they definitely, you know, when they made it, definitely made it seem that way because like the tree people all painted white while all the other ones were all painted black. Well, and I thought it was because the trees that they're hanging out in are mostly white in appearance and so are the animals. And yeah. then the swamp areas would be mostly mud, so that would help them blend in too is what I was guessing. Yeah, probably that too. I mean, I, I don't know what logic or reasoning is behind any of this other than, you know, racism there is none <laughs> and racism there's no yeah, logic yeah. in this film and also racism exactly um so uh in the village they show mistrust towards the group but they do let them witness a execution and uh then they are giving a wrist watch that was owned by somebody in the former group who was already there uh the next day uh to try and get them to trust them more monroe goes and he bathes nude and the tribe's women join him so all right uh uh, yeah, this was kind of a fun scene where they're all wrestling around and playing around and like some of the ladies are playing with his dick. You get yeah. to see that. Um, he, you know, does a couple of taps to the butt of one of the girls or, or you know, plays around with them a little bit, too. And they're all having a good old time just splashing water on each other and, you know, fondling each other. And, you know, you, you feel like maybe everything's going to be OK. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's uh, not. It really it's not, isn't. Nothing's, nothing's going to be OK anymore. It's all going to be fucking horrible. Yes. After that, they the women lead him to a shrine and what it is, it's pretty much the hanging skeletal remains of the documentary group. Uh, and you can tell that by the camera hanging off with them. Well, and also he identifies them by their teeth. Yes. Well, cause that's what you do in the jungle. Yeah. You, you memorize identify every, everybody by their teeth. Yeah. You memorize everybody by their teeth and you automatically know that that's them, but no, they do a thing where they show the skeleton and then they cut to the person and then like, it's his memory of him figuring it out. And I'm yeah. guessing from some of the other news footage that he saw or some pieces of things that were left behind like the cameras and all of that like he just kind of pieces it together that that's who they are but how would he know whose skeleton is who you know other than to identify them by the teeth yeah well yeah yeah that he won't know who's who but he knows it's the that group um uh, monroe then makes another log and that is our next clip the tree people would not let us bury the ghastly remains which they had painted ochre to drive away the evil spirits which the dead represented 
Once again, I ask myself, what unspeakable crime could have called for such atrocious retribution? I know our lives are hanging by a thread, but I can't turn back without at least trying to recover the footage that Alan Yates and the others paid for with their lives. I am thinking of the enormous human and scientific interest it is going to contain. I must do something. Chaco and Miguel can't possibly understand this. Yet, I must somehow gain the confidence of these savages. After all, they too have rules of conduct. Monroe runs out to the tree people and he fires his gun, like so, and then he throws it down, showing it's all empty. He then starts playing tribal music from his recorder, and this causes quite a stir, which then gets them an invite to dinner. Well, yeah, and he's, he's basically showing that he has magic or that he can recreate their, their ceremony, and it's like a yes. way of communicating with him that he's way more powerful and he doesn't need these weapons that they're terrified of. He's yeah. got other power, and they respect that he basically shows them that, and then also that that he is being, I don't know, like he's being very respectful of them as well. And like, even though he's, you know, doing the things where he's throwing stuff around and, you know, shooting into the air and all of that, like he's still, you know, he's doing displays of strength and everything, but at the same but time, that's all it is. It's not, it's not, um, disrespectful. It's just showing strength. That's it. Yeah. He's trying to get the respect from them that he needs to move forward and get the things that he needs, but he's not getting enough headway and things are moving too slow. So he does this out of frustration and while it was a huge gamble, he did the right thing, even though the guides were like, no, we just need to wait and, you know, eat some corpses with them and we'll be fine. Yes. And their dinner is a Shamatari warrior. See, here's so, where I was like, OK, so they do eat the other tribe, but I'm yes. guessing that it's whoever they take in battle. So they're not necessarily going out and seeking battle because they'll eat other things. It's, yeah. It's just that right now they've been forced to cannibalize uh, the other tribe again because we'll find out later. All right. Yes. And that is something we We'll find out later. So Monroe eats what he is presented. So Monroe had to take place in some cannibalism. And then when he looks over, he sees all the canisters of tapes just kind of hanging there. Uh, it's film. Film. Tapes. Film. Um, <laughs> canisters of footage. Footage. Believe it or not, that word is in my notes. So let's get ready. <laughs> let's party. Um, anyway, we are now back in the city. And that is our next clip. By some incredible act of God, they hadn't tried to open. Hoping the climate didn't damage them too much. And so, in exchange for the tape recorder, the cannibal chief let you take away the cans of film. Is that it? Yes. They thought that since I was capable of capturing the human voice, I was also capable of capturing their spirits. This convinced them that I was the only one capable of breaking the evil spell that had been cast over the tribe by their murder of the whites. Of course, they had no inkling of what was really in those cans. And how could you... Explain what a movie is. They just felt that they were a threat. Why do you say threat? Well, the Yamamomos understood how important these film cans were to Alan Yates and his crew. They thought the silver boxes contained their power. A power which I must say again caused much damage and violence. Fantastic story. Thank you, Professor Monroe. You're very welcome. As we conclude this special interview, we would like to remind you that Wednesday at 9 p.m., here on Pantheon, we'll be presenting part one of The Green Inferno, the dramatic film testimony of an extraordinary adventure that took its protagonists all the way back to the Stone Age. And you would be the ideal host for the program. That's right. Professor Monroe, as an eyewitness as well as a scientist, you would be the most... Yes, but before I make any decision on this, I'd like to review all the film material, as yet we've seen none of it. Professor Monroe, 
I can assure you that they knew exactly what they wanted. That may be. But meanwhile, they're all dead, aren't they? Which is exactly why we have to let the public know the truth. We'll let the people be the judge. Better yet, we'll let the people who knew them best be the judge. Their parents, their wives. The board shows Monroe a documentary that the group had shot for them a year ago, showing executions. The documentary was called Last Road to Hell. However, after watching it, the footage, we find out Alan had faked it all. So they had put on an act of the executions, not actually showing real executions. Uh, That's not what they're saying. They were real executions. He just paid them to do it. Oh, that's even worse. Yes. Alan paid soldiers to murder people on film so that he could have executions on film. Okay, that's... So much fucking worse. That's so much fucking worse than what I thought. <laughs> yeah, so let that process through your head. I... Uh, and now here's, I, a, here's another layer of awful for you. That is actual footage of actual executions happening that they repurpose from other documentaries. Like, from actual documentaries, they actually have wait, real... That's real footage of real people being shot and killed. Are you fucking with me? No. Now, the thing that they're saying... Now, in the film, they actually grabbed footage of actual people being killed like from documentaries or news footage or something and put it in this movie now that footage that they're talking about in the context of the film alan paid soldiers to murder people on film so you have that level of horrible and then on another level of horrible that's actual people being murdered on screen put into this movie uh okay you gotta give me a second because that's that's kind of fucking me up a little bit (laughs) well we needed to talk about it yeah it's fucked up I mean, yeah, we need to talk about it. I'm glad you told me. I'm just like, wow, I didn't know that was real people dying. Fuck. Yeah, it's intense. Um, I didn't know that for the first two or three times that I fucking watched it. And Ugh. then I f- somehow saw the footage somewhere else in a more edited form, like yeah. in, a, in some kind of a documentary or something. And then I realized that that was the same footage that was in Cannibal Holocaust that I thought was just put into the movie. And I yeah. knew that Alan's crew, you know, paid to get people murdered. But I didn't realize that I was also watching actual people being killed as part of the fucking movie holy shit movie fuck off man so that's another layer of lines you should not cross <laughs> yeah agreed holy shit yeah it's intense dude sorry to ruin your fucking day but there we are oh all right i'm gonna puke a little bit okay um we then they start watching some of the uh footage from uh alan's documentary here uh, they get some film of them of the group being all happy and everything in a plane. Then them in a in a place getting ready, and we have some nudity here with Faye, and uh, and and she's all pissed because they're filming her being nude again. Fuck you, movie. So <laughs> I mean, this movie's just fucking just uh, oh man, it's on your fucking ass all the time. The thing that's really uh, bizarre about this is she's like sort of pretending to be like just one of the gang and it seems like she's like oh whatever you're just assholes yeah. but then they take it too far where it seems like they've all been planning to just get her naked on film and then even when she rips off the towel from the other dude to wrap it around herself then they pull it back off and then like they're hiding her underwear from her so she can't get dressed well yeah and Alan is even like yeah turn that off and then gives them a wink and a nod to keep filming right and he's just so doing this just to degrade her even further now, that's this- supposed to be his girlfriend right this is 
different than, say, just he and his girlfriend fucking around with the camera and him filming her coming out naked just yeah. because he's fucking around. But once she very clearly does not want to be naked on camera and is yelling and it's like three dudes involved, then it becomes assault for yeah. sure. Like, it's not just it goes beyond being goofing off. And if you needed a reason to dislike these gentlemen any more than what you already do, I mean, besides the fact that they paid to have people murdered on camera for their fun and, you know, to make their documentary more uh, visceral and real. Yeah, you don't really need much more to know why you're going to have to hate them the rest of the movie. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, this is all fucked up and they fucked them and they're all pieces of shit. Yes, all of them. All of them are pieces of shit. So uh, we cut to Monroe talking to family and former co-workers and that is our next clip. Uh, what was I saying, Professor? Uh, yeah, I tried working with Alan a couple of times and I just couldn't handle it. You know, he... He pushed his people to the limit, demanding everything, including blood. And talk about paranoia. God have mercy on his soul, he was one ruthless son of a bitch. So I feel we have a duty to tell the public their story, Mr. Owens. Alan, I don't know. You know, I really appreciate your coming. You're the first person to come and talk to me about Alan after what happened. What I'd like to know, Professor, is what did happen to my son? Can you tell me? Fade, no, that wasn't her real name. She always wanted to be an actress. Her real name was Tina. Excuse me a minute. Children, look, I'm just going to be speaking with this man one more minute, and then we'll play, okay? As you can tell, we're very different in our characters. But Tina was very energetic, very hardworking, very ambitious, extremely ambitious. I used to say to her, do you think that you'll ever be at peace with yourself? Anyway, now she is. God rest her soul. Elizabeth! Elizabeth! Excuse me, Mrs. Anders, just two minutes. How did you feel about Jack? What's the use? What am I supposed to say about Jack? After two years of marriage, I was with him for just four months. <laughs> he was always on assignment. India, Asia, Africa. Yeah, sure, he was good in bed, but he liked to eat, too. No brains, though. He's too easily influenced. Alan was his god, you know. You know what I mean? Hey, you guys think I could get any bread out of this? Uh, Mr. Tommaso, Mr. Tommaso, please. Mr. Tommaso, please. Uh, I just want to ask you one question about your yeah, son. Yeah, uh, what do you want to uh, ask? Uh, look, your son was a man of special uh, importance to the news world. Can you tell me something about him? My son? My son is no good. He doesn't work, doesn't go to school, wants to lay around the house all day, and he's no good, period. Now, that's it. I got to go back to my job. Don't bother me no more. No, but Mr. Tommaso, please, your son was well known to a lot of people. Just one question. Just uh, okay, one, one question. Uh, about your son, I, I just want to know, what kind of man was he? My son, my son was a son of a bitch, and he was no good. That's it, my son is dead. I don't want to talk about him no more. Now, leave me alone. 
Wow, sounds like he's talking to my dad about me. <laughs> well, I mean, you can kind of see all these people are kind of fucked. Yeah, so Faye's real name is Tina. Tina's sister became a nun, and then Tina went off to become Faye and the uh, object of sexual gratification of three different men and their rapey natures. Yes, one is apparently an idiot who spent too much, like four months with his wife and left her with a kid. Uh, one's father hated him, and then it sounds like Alan's dad cared about him, but just didn't know what else to say about it. Yeah, well, at least he loved his son despite of how much of a big piece of shit Alan really was. Because his co-worker said Alan was a big piece of shit. Yeah, everyone thinks Alan's a piece of shit except for his father. Yes. Back in the editing room, Monroe and two others are talking about the film. Uh, as they state, the film is it's actually in pretty good shape. However, two reels were lost. Uh, they are previewing some of the film, and we see at this point the group has been in the jungle for six days walking. Um, and here, this one's tough to watch. They find a tortoise out uh, in the water. They fish it out and then kill it in dismemberment. Fuck. Yeah, this one's kind of gross. This is the one that yeah. really kind of makes me a bit queasy. Even though this they chop the head easy. off very quickly on the turtle. Yeah, but everything else is still moving. Yeah, that's the part that's a little bit bizarre is that it's yeah. still independently twitchy and everything like that. And I then th- when they crack the dang shell and oh. Yeah, and then they start scooping out the stuff to be able to cook it. Yeah, the I think the main issue is that I'm not familiar with tortoise anatomy. So watching them rip apart an animal that I've never seen before, even though it's probably the most humanely killed on screen of all yeah. of the animals that are murdered. Um, I still like this one bugs me to watch just because I'm just not used to it. So it's just like it doesn't seem right. And it's a little bit more shocking to see than like, say, seeing a deer or something gutted. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, it was just, yeah. It, and that took me, I had a, I paused it for a little bit after that and just kind of took a break for a while. Which, um, which is totally fine. But the first yeah. time that you watch it, you just have to absorb it all at once and just be in pain. Yeah. Anyway, they state they are close to uh, the village that they're looking for. A spider falls on Faye, and instead of getting it off quick, Alan makes sure that they have to, it stays on there so they can get the shot on camera, even though that spider, their guide is pretty much telling them that that spider is lethal. So Right. He's willing to sacrifice Faye's life, slash Tina, or whatever the fuck her actual name is. We'll just, just go by Faye. Just to get the best shot he possibly can of the spider being removed and then he fucks it up and he's lucky she didn't get bit by the clearly not the deadly spider they're talking it's just a tarantula that they're using for their purposes yeah yes Um, their guide, Felipe, is then, as they are coming up from arrest, he is bitten by a snake that was hiding in his boot. Um, they kill the snake, and then they cut off his leg and try to cauterize the wound. But Felipe does die uh, anyway. So at this point, you should probably think to yourself, we should turn back and go home. Oh, nonsense, Matt. Nonsense. They don't. They have the superiority of their culture and history on their side, and like all white people are just going to soldier on into the jungle and... And take over. Nothing bad will happen to them. I don't, you know what? I think nothing but good things for this group coming up. I, you know, this is a good bunch of kids. I really think they're fit. I got some good heads on their shoulders. I really see big things coming out of this. Give these kids futures here. Right. Nothing bad will happen to them. Everything is going to be fine. They're going to be just fine because, you know, they're cultured and they know what they're doing and they've got the guns. It's good. It's fine. And also, this is a Christmas movie, right? I mean, what bad can happen? I mean, it's also a psyops 
Christmas movie, so all bad will happen. Yeah, yeah, things are going to go horribly wrong for them, and they're going to deserve it. Well, yeah, they get exactly what they deserve yes. through all of this. Yeah, none of this is, nothing that happens to them is tragic at all. Everything else that happens to everyone else in this movie is tragic. What happens to them is is fine. Yeah, the real tragedy is that you have to view this film, but everyone should yeah. see it. <laughs> yes, they, yes, everyone should have to watch this. Uh, they find the river uh, that they had been looking for, and they cross it. There they find uh the I believe the uh, um, uh, Yoyami tribe, the the tree people tribe, uh, and yeah, they are dressed all in white, and then they are the people with the ladders. That is in fact the tree people. Yes, yes. and they are killing a monkey and eating it, and that was a uh, hardcore death to watch happen too. Killing of a monkey. Yeah, they slice the front half of its fucking face off and then like yeah. chop its head open. So it's obviously still alive, but I guess that's the the monkey brain is some kind of a delicacy. So that's yeah. the way that they have to get at it. But it's like, Jesus, chop its head off first and then do that. Yeah, you know, something, man. Don't, don't let it just sit there and survive while you scoop out its brain for like the last couple of thoughts. Jesus, man. Fucking Jesus movie. Yeah, that was fucking brutal. The, the monkey yeah. face chop is the other thing that really gets to me in this. Yeah, that was that was uh, really hard to watch that one was right i'm there that was like holy fuck okay i was like uh, all right movie i get it you're hardcore all right <laughs> if this movie was anyone this movie would be an edgelord at this point, we fucking get it you're hardcore yeah that that tracks <laughs> um they shoot one of the uh tribe people in the leg so they're able to follow it we're uh, seeing a recreation of what the other guy did but instead of shooting the other one they just decided to hoof it and try and follow him as quickly as possible. Yeah, and they were able to capture him anyway. Right, but... Without having to shoot him. Right, but uh, this this group specifically shot him so that he would be yes. slow enough for them to be able to follow, and they, they know he's injured, so he's going to go try to get help from his tribe. The other guy was an experienced guide. They don't have an experienced guide, so... They're just shooting people because that's what, I guess, white folk they, do. They just shoot yeah. their way out of stuff. I don't know. I guess. Um, so they find the village in the the natives there are scared and very cautious of course you would be these are people you've never seen before and they shot a dude for no reason exactly um one of the guys i believe it's mark grabs the gun and shoots a pig that they had tied up alan comments that this is the law of the jungle and it's always going to be the strong over the weak they start firing their guns and hurting the villagers into their huts. And then at that point, while they're blocked in, they set fire to the huts and they to fake the war between the tribes. Yeah, so they murder the pig on screen and then... Yeah, that they, was fucking rough. But at least that pig got probably the most, the most compassionate kill because it just shot it right in the head, so... Right, he just blew its fucking brains out. So it's yeah. it, it was probably the quickest kill out of all of them. But the thing that I'm talking about here is beyond that. They go in and they just just basically hurt all the people in there. They killed the pig and then tried to pretend like the other tribe murdered the pig. And then they're going to try and pretend like after all the people get herded into their huts and set on fire, that the huts were done as part of the war or that fire. That's what they're doing here. But yeah. they are literally murdering an entire tribe after cutting off their source of food or attempting to murder an entire tribe after cutting off their source of food just for their shit ass documentary. Yes. So fuck them. They definitely now deserve what is coming to them. 
Yeah. Now this uh, isn't the this isn't the tree people. This was whenever we were at the beginning. The, um, yeah, I think it's the Yami Uncle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is like whenever we're uh, following the Robert Kerman character who is trying to find what happened to this documentary crew. When yeah. he comes in and that guy is like trying to tell him what happened by showing him the guy that got shot and then the ashes of all the dead people, and he's doing that mournful um, screaming and crying and wailing and then showing him all of this stuff. Yeah. To try and show him the tragedy. Yeah. That, so that yeah, it's, them. it's it's neither one of the two. Actual warring tribes that you actually have to be scared of. It's this kind of nonviolent tribe that kind of stays out of it, you know. Yeah, and uh, they they are also not normally cannibals. They were sort yeah. of forced into some of the acts that they were filmed doing. Uh, now, what the movie does really well, and one of the things that I need to talk about here is you see Robert Kerwin's character come in and trace the retrace the steps of the documentary crew, and he sees the damage that they left in their wake, and then he comes back with the footage, and then he actually sees all the horrible things that they actually did and he was there he saw the aftermath he saw what took place after it's all said and done so yeah. all the footage is going to weigh on him a lot heavier than people that weren't there and didn't see it and that's why he's trying so hard to convince the executives the way that he is and he's also that also these are executives where he's an actual anti anthropologist you know an actual scientist so he actually cares about these tribes and their customs and all that as that's kind of his part of his you know work and his life's work so where these TV execs are just, you know, whores for ratings. So, yeah, that's very fitting. <laughs> um, so after all of this, uh, we get footage of Alan pretty much just humping Faye into submission for her to have, allow him to have sex with him. So, and the guys film it. And uh, so, fuck you, movie. I got the impression that this is how Alan and Faye have sex because they're fucking on the ashes of the people that just got burned. Yeah. And I'm thinking that this is a celebratory thing and this is what gets them off. Is this tragedy and murder and all of that kind of stuff? Maybe. Uh, maybe it gets Alan off. I, Faye kind of seemed disinterested in it, like like she was tired and kind of maybe a little more fucked up from this, but I don't know. I think you're giving, I, you're giving Faye way too much credit. If she was her, with I, him during all the other faking stuff, this is also how she gets off. That's, you know what? You're you're not wrong. Yeah. The, this The resistance play thing that she's doing is just something yeah. that helps Alan get off and also probably helps her. I yeah, probably. I don't, I don't want to normally put that on other people and say that that's how I feel that they are. I just feel that this particular couple, this is how they get off. Ugh, and it's horrendous. Yeah, um, it, they're fucking on the ashes of people that they just fucking murdered on yeah. camera for everyone to see. And yeah. they don't even care that they're being filmed. They're wasting the film to do it. This will never air. They're just doing it to do it. Yep, pretty much. So anyway, uh, we're back in New York and Monroe and one of the executives are talking and that is our next clip. I'm drained. You must admit it's exceptional footage. I I didn't expect such impact, such authenticity. I don't know. I don't think exceptional is the right word. You don't? No. I mean, what's exceptional about a primitive tribe like the Yakumo being terrorized and forced into doing something they don't they don't normally do? Come on now, Professor. Let's be realistic. Who knows anything about the Yakumo civilization? Today, people want sensationalism. The more you rape their senses, the happier they are. Ah, yes, that's typical Western thought. Civilized, isn't it? That's what Alan thought, and that's why he's dead. The Akumo Indian is a primitive, and he has to be respected as such. You know, did you ever think of the Yakumo point of view, that we might be the ones who are savages? <laughs> well, I never thought of it that way, but it's an interesting idea. Yes. Let's say things were reversed, right? And the Yakumo attacked your house, defiled everything that you held holy. You know that pig that was killed? That was food for those people. 
What'd happen if somebody came into your house when you're hungry and, and took the little bit of food you had in the refrigerator and threw it down the toilet? Would you behave in a civilized way? Would you like people to make money off your misery? I mean, people do make money off of our misery. That's how life works. Yeah, pretty much. It's called <laughs> having a job. <laughs> well, and other things on top of that. But yeah. um, the point that he's trying to make and the thing that he's trying to get across to her is for her to realize that just because they're people of a different culture doesn't mean that the things that are happening to them are not horrible. And he's playing on empathy and she's a TV exec. She wouldn't be a TV exec if she had any empathy. So that conversation yeah. serves no purpose, Dave. Yes. Yeah. Just go ahead and walk away from this non-feeling, non-human being entity thing. Yeah, she um, knowingly let them film footage of people being murdered, even though yeah. it wasn't and, real, just for sensationalism. Yeah. How can she be persuaded of anything else after that? I mean, wh Ugh. what's the point? Their, their souls have already been sold. Exactly. Um, we cut to Faye documenting an old woman who had left the, the village to die, and she's sitting there decaying and dying slowly. She fakes being overwhelmed, you can tell. Like, and Alan has to take over documenting it it's just like fuck you <laughs> oh i always thought the smell just got to her and she couldn't finish oh see i thought she's fainting like oh i'm overwhelmed see yo oh we're so human well uh, there, that is a distinct possibility as well but also keep in mind that whatever disease she is suffering from they probably stage this this is all them staging shit yeah probably i uh, from from the point they burn the village and we find out that they staged the murder footage of the soldiers shooting people i just assumed that everything that they're doing here is them basically slaughtering these people or doing something to but cause this person an illness. is decaying and is very old so I'm thinking they just got lucky and came across this and they're like let's film it and put it out there like dicks. Perhaps or maybe they just grabbed a corpse that was rotting and shot her up with something and then just waited for it to kick in and then filmed her when she came here to die. That would even be that's I could see that as well. Yeah I, that's how I look at it because I you know, know what? that they I'm would do this. I'm thinking you're probably right. Yeah they, they stayed all of this shit is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, so Alan is talking about how the group uh, uh, were talking and they thinking maybe they should go back, but they decide to press on because they want to be famous. So <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Yes. Uh, we cut back to New York and Monroe meets with the executives and this is our final clip. I'm not speaking as a scientist, but as the man in the street. This so-called documentary footage is offensive it is dishonest, and above all, it is inhuman. Yes, yes, of course. We all know what Alan was like. He overdid it, as usual. But what you saw is a rough cut. Perhaps I haven't made myself clear. But I, I refuse to have anything to do with this material. Look, Professor, we are talking about the most sensational documentary to come along in years. And you want us just to shelve it, to forget about it, as if it had never been found? Is that what you want? Yes. Yes. That is precisely what I want. I've seen the rest of the material. You haven't. You haven't seen the stuff that even your editors didn't have the stomach to put together. And if you had, you wouldn't hesitate but to agree with me. <laughs> uh, 
he's trying, but they have no souls. They have no souls. So anyway, uh, Monroe takes them into a viewing room, and we see the final footage. So Alan uh, states that they have not yet seen the tree people, and then they find a young native girl who I believe is a member of the tree people, probably, or not. Either way, um, they film and rape her. Uh, Faye is not a big fan out of this, and... uh, Yeah, but her uh, only protest isn't that they're raping her. Her protest is that they're filming it because they're wasting precious film. Yeah, they're wasting film. Then, part of me is always like, though, but maybe she does have a problem that they're actually doing the raping part, but she doesn't want to sound like a drab to them, so she says it's because they're wasting film on it. No, she's upset that they're wasting film. They're wasting film. She's just... She had sex in the ashes of the people they murdered. She doesn't care about anything but the fact that they're wasting film. Stop trying to humanize her. She's part of their crew and she is She is every bit as fucking soulless as the rest of that group. All right, well, let's just get on to this. They they (laughs) take turns raping the young girl. Uh, Then, and here's where I think, here's her problem. Then uh, fucking Alan starts getting a turn and then she's really thinking, I think, mad about that because not, you know, just because Alan's, you know, partaking in something that's not her. Right. I think Um, she's jealous that Alan joined in on the rape. She didn't care that the other two were doing it. She just cared that they were filming it. But you're right. Alan sends her over because she's jealous of Alan having sex with someone that's not her. Yes. And then I believe, I don't know, but I, for some reason I thought we saw in the bush, uh, there might've been one of the swamp tribesmen kind of spying on the group, watching them do this. There's definitely definitely someone watching them because um, what they do here is what causes their last half of the film. Yes. Um, The thing that we see where they supposedly come on footage of someone that is uh, dead later, they stage that as well. And I think the people in the, 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 basically the swampland, whatever, yeah, they're like doing it. Yeah. Fuck this. You're, you're done. And going to that, they cut to that same girl is now dead impaled from her crotch through her mouth. We see Alan is looking at it, smiling till Mark says that they're rolling. So to look up. So then he gives some half, you know, he, he fucking stops smiling and frowns and, Give some half-assed. It's either virginity or sexual right done by the tribe. So right, he basically uh, tries to explain it, but I have always they pretty had much the feeling, killed this girl. I feel they did this. They did this. Yeah, yeah they, they, it they, is heavily implied they did this because he's all smiling about it. Right, he smiles at how horrific and wonderful it looks, and he's really getting yeah. off on the tragedy of it. Now yeah. he just basically says, "Careful, Alan, you're on camera," and then Alan snaps too and goes into his documentary yeah, exactly. mode. But they, he definitely they 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 killed that girl. Yes. Yeah, Someone saw this actually happen, one of the tribes, and this is what happens, and this is the final retribution where the Yamamoto or whoever, the tree people, are the ones that end up taking them out. It would be kind of interesting if the two different versions of them, the swamp uh, tribe and then the tree tribe, work together, but we only really see the tree tribe doing all of this. Um, Yeah. So it had to have been someone in the tree tribe that witnessed them doing this. Yep. Uh, Well, they cut now to being surrounded by the tribe. Alan shoots one. Jack kind of gets himself in a clearing like an idiot and he's trying to aim a gun but then he gets hit with this spear the tribe takes his body and they held him up and cut his dick off then they start hacking away at his body until he is just pieces and tearing them apart and then you just see his head lying there 
and they start eating them. So good. Go fuck yourself, Jack. When they are removing the skin around the rib cage and then you just see yeah. the visceral fat and all that stuff, I don't know if they used an actual animal or an effect or what, but that looked so fucking real, uh-huh. especially the coloring on the fat on the way that it looked on the film of yeah. the, the body fat that was still there and was being stripped away down to the muscle. It looked like the butchering of an actual animal, so it felt like it might have been like pig ribs or something that they were doing that with. Yeah. But that is so realistic that that just triggers in my mind that I'm seeing an actual death of a human being and then mutilation on screen it tricks my brain every fucking time same i think the reason that it does this is because we've seen so much actual death from animals and so much horrific stuff leading up to this point that when it finally happens and the type of the way that the footage is all scratchy and fucked up because it's the final footage before the cameras are destroyed everything about that culminates in a reaction of where your brain just goes no this is real and like once it's there especially if you sit through an entire viewing of non-stop just let the movie go like you would in a theater where like you get no respite you get no break like it really adds up to when you see this sequence and that death happens and then that mutilation of the body for the cannibal devouring it it just triggers in your brain where you feel like you're watching a real death and it hits you like a fucking sledgehammer in the middle of the head yeah yeah it is fucking hardcore um we cut to alan stating that they had really screwed themselves uh they stayed too long for that last shot of watching jack get ripped apart and they lost everything they lost all their equipment, all their weapons, everything. The only thing Alan has left is a flare gun. He tries to scare that with him, but as he's doing so, Faye gets taken. Um, whoever has the camera uh, follows them and they tie her to a tree, strip her naked, untie her, and begin raping her and begin gang raping her. As they do that, then all of a sudden you see her just get enveloped by bodies and then the next thing we see is uh, they uh, kind of come out with her decapitated head. It's important to note that women surround her and women yeah. bash her body. Yeah, up they start then, bashing her with uh, like yeah hammers and shit. Then they drag her somewhere else and then they bash her with some other sticks with rocks on them that yep. form like hammers and various other things. And then her head is removed and carried out. So the response of what happens to Faye, I do believe, is from them witnessing this gang rape. Yeah. Um, from what the documentary and crew did, and then when they put her on a spike afterwards, it's the only thing I can think of that these peoples would be driven this far, unless it was the tribe that got burned alive and these are the rem- remnants of them. But this is clearly the tree tribe that we see already in the film that has all this stuff so this is the only thing I can think is that they did the woman on the spike after the gang rape and the tree tribe witnessed that happen and that's why this is taking place yeah wow I mean just yeah and can't say they didn't deserve this no um, no if they are the ones that I mean they obviously all gang raped they the obviously woman. did it they yeah. you know they, they killed they gang raped and killed that girl yeah so this is justice um, <laughs> I mean yes it's a very brutal and vicious justice but, but it, i mean like i can't say that what this tribe's reaction is wrong <laughs> yeah um they chase after the cameraman and it ends with like it seems like these get beaten and then alan's bloody face fills the screen um they cut back to now the viewing room the execs decide to burn the material monroe leaves the building and wonders who the real cannibals are right before rolling the credits we are told projectionist john k Kurov was given a two-month suspended jail sentence and fined $10,000 for illegal apparition of film material. We know that he received $250,000 for that same footage. Seems like a solid investment. Yeah. Roll credits. 
Jesus Christ, this film really wears you down. By the time you Ooh. get to the end portions that we were just talking about, you're just, you're done. You're done. You're, I'm just. Your brain is fucking jello at that point, And you totally believe that everything that you're seeing is real because they've been developing it over time. Yeah. Oh, I'm just it wiped out just talking about it again. Yeah. Now, obviously, the whole gang rape and murder thing that happens at the end, uh, when we said that that was justified, I mean, it, that that type of reaction is never justified, no matter how horrible somebody is. But they brought this on themselves. I can understand why the clan would go that brutal if they witnessed yeah. what we were talking about. Exactly. I'm saying to the I guess what I was saying is to the natives, that was justice. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I was saying. Right. That, that's the only thing that we can kind of glom yeah. from this. Um, yeah. This film deserves the nasty reputation that it has. Pure and simple. There is no way to argue that it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you are exact. I mean, yeah, you're right. I can't argue that at all. <laughs> and you can totally see why if I just dump this on you without you witnessing or watching other cannibal movies, why this would have been really nasty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. If this would have been, if you'd have dumped this on me in the first year, I don't think we'd make it to this year. Well, you wouldn't have made it to this year. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have made it. I'd been done. You'd have been still going with somebody else. <laughs> right. Because you had a hard enough time just getting past like Last House on the Left and House on the Edge of the Park. This would yeah. have been a bridge too far. Yes. And, and I even sat you down before I showed you those. Like we went and had a sort of production meeting where we had like dinner and, a, and some drinks at a bar. And I was like, look, it's about to get bad. It's yes. about to get real rough. It's, it's going to get rough. You told me that. And uh, yeah, I did. And I, I, I took heed of your statement there. <laughs> right. And then that's even before we started doing this kind of stuff, like where we've gotten yeah. into, to, into these films. But I feel like you're able to compartmentalize your feelings towards what happens in the film versus the thing the filmmakers are trying to do really well, like a lot better than what you were able to with like Last House and all of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, it's 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 more, yeah, better of an ability to kind of go on and, 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 and review the subject matter and not get so emotional over it. Now, I've been quoted before in saying that there are no really good cannibal films. Like, no, none of the cannibal films are actually good. There's yeah. just some that are well, more well-made than others. I gotta say, I, I'm gonna have to recant this after watching this again with a more critical eye for this particular film with Cannibal Holocaust and really looking at the way shots are put together and trying to analyze the overall cumulative effect that I always seem to experience and just stepping away from it. I mean, this is really well shot. I hate to say it, but it is. Uh, it's really well put together. The editing is excellent and really well constructed. The jumping in and out of various realities of time frames of when we're seeing these things happen and the way that they set it up by showing you where they had to go in to get the footage and then the actual footage of the horrible things that they actually did and just how bad it actually got. I yeah. Mean, it really is very effective. It's really well done. And there is an entire sea of found footage films that need to basically own up to the debt that they owe Ruggiero Deodato and Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, that needs to be discussed because this is the first film to really take this kind of tack that it took um, in the way that it did with the, I'm actually going to find the footage. Yes, it may be all 100% a fake world and we're just watching what's going on um, from the perspective of Robert Kerman's character, but it's still a very effective, very well-made film, and I fucking hate having to say that, but there's very few cannibal films that will ever come to achieve what this film actually achieved. There's also very few found footage films that will ever be as effective as what this film comes out to be, and as much as I loathe everything about what goes on in this film, I still like it and respect what they were able to do, because they set out to shock, disgust, and make me uncomfortable, and make 
make me feel horrible about humanity and they fucking do it with this film they succeed on every level of everything that they're trying to do and while i hate them for it i can't fault them for it either yeah uh yeah this is a this is a movie that you know you've got to be prepared prepared for um and uh, psychologically and emotionally, you just have to be up uh, and ready to actually go through it. Um, I, I don't know if I have much more to add from what you just said. You kind of covered it all. Um, I don't think there's anything really I can add more eloquently than that. Other than if you have never watched this and you want to just, you know, maybe buck yourself up a little bit and then just grin and grit, bear it and just go watch it through. It's an hour, 35 minutes, just power through it. There was a night um, December 20. 23rd. I was watching movies with some friends who were staying over and it was basically the final film of the night. We weren't sure what we were going to watch. We were all very uh, inebriated. Let's just put it that way. There um, you go. Very much so. And um, I talked them into watching Cannibal Holocaust for the first time. Um, the other two folks that were staying and hanging out with me. Um, one of them, his response was to try and make bad jokes the entire time to like dial back what was actually happening in the shock and the awe and all of the jokes were just like ha get it ha like constantly and the other okay. one just kind of like sat there silently and just took it in and just couldn't really like process everything that was happening and then by the time it was all said and done and the film was all over we just kind of sat there and realized holy fuck that was what we watched for December 24th on Christmas Eve uh, because it was Christmas Eve <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the time the film was was done rolling so we got our shit together um, we got up went and got McDonald's breakfast <laughs> came back and ate and then they left and they went home and you know went to nap and then do what they were going to do on Christmas Eve um, that year but uh, that was how we marked our Christmases and I can say for me personally I was able to appreciate everything that I did have in my life at the time and everything that was going on and everything that was going right after sitting through that and really just doing some damage to my brain yeah yeah uh, I I can see that yeah There's, you sit there and go, you know, I'm pretty thankful for the things I have right now. Maybe it's not so horrible I didn't get the Ramones box set this year. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Coincidentally, I did get the Ramones box set that year. Oh, well, there you go then. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was okay. Um, the last thing that I really kind of want to talk about with this, and that's that that's Christmas story. I mean, that's, that's very fitting. So there's a tradition in uh, Britain um, where they tell ghost stories on Christmas Eve to do this exact same thing. And I feel like if you can watch some Something around this time of year when it's supposed to be the quote-unquote most wonderful time of the year that uh, can really sort of destroy your faith in humanity but also at the same time resurrect it I think it's worth suffering through for that very reason I mean just watching it today literally right before we recorded and all the prep work that you did um, before we recorded today really reiterated that with me that it put some things into perspective so this type of film albeit atrocious does also have its place in this world yeah <laughs> all right let's stop talking about this depressive and holiday yeah. shit and let's let's move cool. on to some psyop news holiday shit all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna play a promo for a podcast that really wishes it was not equated to cannibal holocaust on christmas i bet they are they wish it we'll have a little bit more music from the soundtrack of cannibal holocaust and when we come back we'll do some psyop news hello this is the doom show keep on keeping on and keep on trucking america we don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about 
Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. That is the music from the adulterous punishment scene right there for oh, you. Yep. That'll bring you right back to where we were before and make you feel all happy and, you know, cheerful inside because that scene's replaying in your head right now as the music's playing, I bet. Pretty much. <laughs> Only one thing that's going to wash that out of your brain. Yes. Give me some sorry news. Bathroom sign says employees must have smell check to ensure they're not just sitting on their phone for too long. Fuck you, Matt. I know. Uh, A workplace bathroom sign claiming that employees must adhere to a strict time limit or else face a smell check is raising eyebrows. Like smell the bathroom afterwards to prove that they actually were dropping Or go up to the door, yeah, and they're smelling it while you're in there. Put it in the butt. What's with (laughs) all that asshole creep? (laughs) The bizarre sign apparently uh, is an apparently attempt to deter workers from taking long 
breaks was posted on the bathroom door of an unidentified place of business per a photo shared on Reddit. So that if wall, the, that's a pretty good idea. If in the bathroom for more than 10 minutes, a smell check will be completed to ensure employees not sitting on their phone when part of the sign reads. Gotta it continues. A take a punch. Uh, if it does not stink, employees' name will be reported to the office. My asshole actually sweat and earn your rectal passage. <laughs> One Redditor comments, who's the lucky employee entrusted with this noble task? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> another another joke, I'd stop flushy just in case. Well, and uh, then also what happens like in this scenario? I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. Right? Because <laughs> there wouldn't be a smell if she cleaned it up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one Redditor had, uh, had a simple solution. Thinking this may just be a good time to look for a new job. Well, and then there's also this. Vagina smells like dead body. So how would you know what's going on in the bathroom? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's all for that one, but I got another one. Afraid of vaginas. And this is a, a Christmas news story. Yay! Uh, best Christmas gift since Jesus. Woman finds out she's pregnant nine days before giving birth. Want to hop on some dick after that. <laughs> oh my god. Your uh, silicone uh, penis budget is out of control. It is. Uh, a Mid-South woman who found out she was pregnant just nine days before she gave birth is calling her newborn son a miracle baby. I have a ragey direction. Quote, she says her and her husband just figured it wasn't in the cards for us to have children, she tells people. Uh, Lauren Chalk welcomed baby Wyatt on December 2nd. What's with all uh, that she, asshole creep? She said she had given up on pregnancy because the, they had had two miscarriages. It wasn't until uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving that she found out she was pregnant, and that not only was she pregnant, she was 38 weeks along. Jesus, she must not have been showing. I, you know how she got uh, pregnant, Matt? Wow. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. That's that. Uh, that is how that happens. That's <laughs> I I I studied that in science. Yeah, and then um, also by making sure that you don't put it in the butt. If you don't yeah. put it in the butt, then for sure, especially if you're mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback, you're going to probably yeah. make a baby. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, it wasn't. Then she said, I don't think I could love anybody more than I love Wyatt. She said, uh, he's the best gift that anybody could give me. Uh, you're a loser. Says, you're a loser. She, she says it's the best Christmas gift since Jesus. I hate a toddler. It's the erection that counts. Yeah. So some lady just had a baby and uh, after like fucking nine days. <laughs> Well, it's a nice surprise for them because they've been trying, so it happening, I guess, yeah. is good. But, I mean, anybody having kids, that's never a good thing. No, that's usually bad. It's bad for the planet. Yeah. I mean, just because... I mean, I like dick. Doesn't mean that you should... Want to hop on some dick after that. You know? I mean, just yeah, because you yeah. want kids, don't do not do it. So, if you're all about... <laughs> want to hop on some dick after that. Make sure that you're not... Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. Or at least, you know, maybe... Your silicone <laughs> penis budget is out of control. You know... Keep it to where pregnancy doesn't happen, or otherwise you're going to have this weird Christmas baby you weren't expecting that fucks up your budget and your life. Yeah. I mean, kids uh, are the worst sexually transmitted disease. They really are. What's going on in Rome? <laughs> I mean, that and herpes. Who is that guy? I don't know, but whoever he was, he's weird and pissed off. They're talking about me. They are talking about you. <laughs> weird, pissed off. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up. This That's enough for our fucking Christmas episode, I think, don't you? Uh, I think that's it. All right, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo ad. We're going to have a little bit more music straight out of Canada. Holocaust, and when we come back, we will close out this happy-go-lucky Christmas episode. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, 
Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Beautiful music, so deceptive for the horror that you are about to endure when you watch this film. Right? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, speaking of horror that you're going to have to endure, you can go to our main landing and launching page for Legion Podcast at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. All 227 episodes currently available there until Bo pulls the chain and tells us we can't keep them all there anymore. Don't wait, tell him. Yeah, everybody be cool. Jesus. Everyone be cool about this, all right? We also have a refuge camp for those of you that would like to harbor your ill will towards friends and family and just come hang out with us instead. That's Cinema PsyOps, our Facebook group. Yeah, we'll accept you. We'll accept you one of us. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, right? Be there, cool. You can also find me on Facebook. I am Court PsyOps. You could find Matt's avatar on Facebook as Matt PsyOps, but he's really not on there. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody or anything. That's right. Except for um stuff. You can email feedback to Matt, and which is probably the only way you're ever going to get a hold of him. PsyOps, Matt 
chat at gmail.com. You can also email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. You can try and book Matt through court, but he's not going to do it. No, only no, one court, per- won't, court won't listen to that kind of shit. Yeah, only one person was able to pull that string and make me get you booked onto their show with me, and that's because I was invited too. So yeah. maybe that'll work in the future, but I doubt it because it's way too much to try and coordinate with Matt just to get my own goddamn show done. <laughs> you can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats at the hate-filled shit fest that is Twitter. I am at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. Slide into our DMs with some photos of boobs. Yeah, right. Another place. Slide those DMs. Another place to slide into some DMs for some boobs for court is cinema underscore psyops because that's what he would like to see and help a guy out. There's also the flick chat group, which we have not really been in, and there are probably tumbleweeds there, but that's cinema psyops. Hey, folks, if you actually are using that shit, just let us know because we're not there. Um, Sorry, Duncan, we've given up. Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> we suck. Well, that's uh, that's it. We're at the end of the show housekeeping, which I guess means we're at the end of the holiday season episode. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that tracks. So everybody out there, rip the fuck out of the presents, kick the fuck out of the relatives and this week and make them your bitch. I've seen it before. That's <laughs> because you kind of you kind of have because Bruno Mattei ruins everything by stealing. He legit stole this entire movie. It's several times over, and you've watched several pieces of it in I mean, different movies. The, yeah, in the one we watch, I, I, I remember. I mean, it was the same fucking thing. <laughs> He did the same thing. Yeah, it was literally the exact same movie, only like more cheaply made and kind of shitty is what Bruno Mattei did. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the same fucking... I'm like watching this and I'm like, I'm like, he, I mean, I thought you're like, oh, there's going to be like this kind of same theme, maybe maybe a couple stolen ideas. And I'm like, no, he stole the whole entire fucking movie. What a brash asshole. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this you is... You said he was a piece of shit. I, I didn't know he was this much of a piece of shit. I don't know if I used the phrase piece of shit. I said he was a thieving bastard. Oh, okay. Well, when you say he's a thieving bastard, holy fuck, he's a thieving bastard. <laughs> yeah. And it's our first clip. All three minutes and 30 seconds of it. Woo! All right. So there we go. After everybody falls asleep, we're back. Yes. Well, we told the story eating what looks to be cooked meat. Is it human? Is it animal? We don't know. Uh, But I, but I think it's human. Uh, Could it also it, possibly be maybe 100% vegan meat that they're they're selling now, like the Impossible Burger and stuff? Maybe that's what they're eating? Actually, it is that covered up in a special packaging, so they think it's real meat, and then we're going to tell them that it's not, and they're going to get all crazy. <laughs> so that's really the reason all the other atrocities visited upon these people is not why they went crazy and yeah. killed the 
the film crew, it's because someone tried to shove Impossible Burgers down their throat. It, it, it lied to them. That tracks. Yep. And then they switched their regular copy with decaf without <laughs> telling them. So motherfucker, that's that's penalty of death right there. That is. The, everyone deserves what they get when you do that shit. Yeah, don't do that. Do not switch <laughs> out someone's fucking caffeine for decaf. Yeah, because because I'll fucking I'll cut a bitch. <laughs> I'll do so much worse than that. <laughs> they don't really go too far into it because uh, this whole diatribe is racist anyway, and I feel uncomfortable trying to explain what's happening on film. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not all that comfortable either about it. I'm just. Uh, I'm just telling you what the movie told us. Um, well, like Stephen Miller, you're dreaming of a white Christmas. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, um, no I, I don't. I hate snow. <laughs> Uh, uh, not the white Christmas I was referring to, but go on. Oh, well, I also, yeah, that, that too. Uh, <laughs> this will keep you high and dry. No. So am I supposed to cut off the part where they keep you high and dry? What the fuck? <laughs> I, I thought I had cut that out. Apparently you didn't do shit. <laughs> I did. I like do. No, nah, fuck it. Anyway. <laughs> You're still learning. It's fine. Move I'm on. I'm still learning. After all, they too have of conduct. Okay, another quick question for you about these clips. Did yeah. you export the changes that you made, like when you did the fade-ins and the fade-outs, or did you just click save? No, I exported them. Okay, because the exporting, the, there, there's really not much change or fading in or out or anything. Hold on, I think I know what I did. Okay, well, if you sent me the wrong files, we'll just fix it in post, and I'll put them back in the way they're supposed to I, be. I definitely, I think I sent you... The originals. The, the originals, and not because I saved them to a different spot in my hard drive, uh -huh. but the, the ones that I... <laughs> you know, uh, uh, edited, and I think I sent you the ones, the original ones, instead of the ones I edited. <laughs> okay, so, so I have the edited ones. I just got to give them to you. <laughs> okay, so that explains why I had to level everything really quick. I'm like, what do you that, mean this doesn't need edited? These definitely like, need edited. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> all right, well now we know. So let's get back into it. <laughs> this is oh, all the outtakes now. Dumbass, it's God, fine. Fucking damn we'll, it. We'll figure it out. We'll fix it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Well, let people you the best judge their parents, their wives. This is okay. Yeah, trust me. My other clips are. I did a lot of work on those things. All right, and they're not perfect, but they're they're not these. All right, <laughs> it's fine, I, man. It's fine. I promise. When you get them, you're gonna be like, Matt actually did put work into this. <laughs> we'll see how I feel about it when I actually get them. But yeah, this is clearly not edited at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's I fine. It. We got we got three fucking clips left. We don't have to keep talking about. About how you fucked up. Everybody knows you fucked up. You motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm uh, gonna put these all as outtakes. I've gotta have something. We have we've been playing it so straight right now. I, well, it's it's kind of a movie you play straight, you know? Yes. Uh play straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we do here. Like Rock um, Hudson in Hollywood, you gotta play straight. Yeah, pretty much.